Welcome to the Silver Screen Guide Podcast. Join Corbin and Alan, along with guest hosts, as they bring their love for the cinema to discuss films from every genre and decade. Learn about the history of the film, little-known facts, and insightful explorations while they enjoy discussing your favorite film. The curtain is rising and your podcast is starting. So sit back, relax, and enjoy your guide to the silver screen. Welcome listeners to the first installment in my Kingsman movie review series. Today I am reviewing Kingsman The Secret Service. This is your host Corbin. So if you missed your guide to Kingsman The Secret Service, that came out last week. It talks about box office, production, the adaption from the original comic book series. That is the first link in the description below, so go back and listen to that. While you're down there, there's all kinds of great stuff. Patreon page or social media pages, um, all kinds of great content in the description below, and timestamps if you're ready to jump straight into the review. So as I mentioned in your guide, back in 2015, I would have just turned 20 years old. So I did remember seeing the trailers for this movie on TV. But the big question is, did these trailers get me into theaters? And the answer is no. I wasn't terribly interested in seeing this movie when it came out. I thought the poster looked interesting. The Matthew Vaughn um, X-Men First Class, I didn't enjoy that movie. I liked it, but um, this trailer wasn't enough. And, you know, nowadays I'm watching it again. This trailer just doesn't do it for me. I do think it looks fun and exciting, but not enough to pull my interest enough to go purchase a movie ticket. This is one I probably would watch from Redbox. So ultimately, I, I never did end up watching it from Redbox. I ended up getting this movie as a Christmas present back in 2017. And my uh, friend Chris, who was back in town, he was one of my groomsmen, actually, he uh, was back in town and we watched this movie. I watched it uh, December 27th. So just a few days after Christmas, actually, after a few days after I'd got it, that was the first time I had seen this movie. So I was coming to it almost three years after it had already come out. And I will tell you my original rating for that movie at the end of this review. Well, listeners, if you don't want Kingsman The Secret Service spoiled for you, go ahead and click pause right now. It is readily available for you to go and check out. Once you've watched the film, come back and click play, and we'll be ready to talk about it. The plot of this movie is very straightforward. Eggsy is an English hoodlum who follows in his father's footsteps to become a Kingsman, a Secret Service agent for the Royal Crown. He must stop Gary Valentine, a billionaire hellbent on culling an overpopulated world. Right off the bat, you realize that the action in this movie is meant to be fun, kind of over the top. Gives me some kind of lighthearted goofiness Robert Rodriguez vibes, actually. So I don't really have a problem with the action in this movie. I like how it's well done. It's well shot. Um... These action scenes can be very frenetic. They do seem to imitate Guy Ritchie. It doesn't quite have the panache of a Ritchie film, unfortunately. Um, it does get a little weird at times, like just too weird. Um, I kind of blame some of this on, I don't know, I almost want to say like the Lego movie or just kind of the Lord and Miller creators where they just go really weird and over the top. And that has, I like it in those movies, but it has seeped into mainstream um live action movies where it's just really strange like at the end where heads blow up and it's like this like glitter of 
you know, mushroom cloud or something. To me, that's just too much. I can't go with that. And it's just not enough in here to really make it work, unfortunately. But Taron Edgerton has become one of my favorite actors in recent memory. So when the previews came out for this movie, I thought, who is this nobody actor? He didn't look very good. Um, he kind of looked strange, but he is good in this movie. And he has become even better of an actor in his subsequent films. So when one of his movies comes out, he's someone to watch. Honestly, he should have got nominated for the Oscar for Rocket Man, I think. So it's just weird looking back because he's so much of this kind of like punkish teenager in this. And then by the end, he transforms into, you know, a gentleman of sorts. But in his other movies, he's a very compelling character actor. So coming back to it now, I do appreciate his performance, but it's definitely somebody to watch. But who really steals the show is Samuel L. Jackson. His performance is incredible. It is so over the top and funny, but still on track. It's not too over the top, I should say. So, and he has this lisp and kind of this demented, but, you know, comical attitude. What's ironic is Kingsman was originally pitched as a new Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. comic. It was a new S.H.I.E.L.D. comic for Marvel. And Samuel Jackson plays Nick Fury in those Marvel movies. So there's a bit of a crossover there I thought was funny. Um, the one thing that I thought was really strange in this movie is I'm pretty sure they're, the president of the United States is supposed to resemble Barack Obama. It's you know, kind of supposed to sound like him from the back of the head. It's supposed to look like him. He was president when this movie was being made and when it came out. It portrays him as siding with the bad guy in this movie and dying at the end. Now, they never show his face. They never explicitly call him out whatsoever. But nevertheless, I think that's what they're trying to portray here is the current president is Obama. And that seemed very, very strange that they would do that with um, a president that Hollywood especially really liked. Um, the interesting plot point is also the bad guy is on the side of, you know, climate change and this kind of overpopulation, which is the exact motivation of the bad guy in Avengers Infinity War. That's Thanos' motivation. But kind of talking about climate change in a bit of a different manner, um, I'm I'm surprised once again that the bad guy would be espousing these views because typically whatever the bad guy is for, the audience should be against. So I get that the audience should be against, you know, culling the population in such a brutal fashion or just really at all. But this is weird. I mean, it's not as much touched upon. It is more in the in the comic book, but nevertheless, I was surprised. Um, and the big shocking twist, but I'm glad that they go there is... Harry, the um, his mentor, is shot in the face and dies in this movie. Now, I think he comes back in the sequel. I, I'm not positive on that, but he may come back. But nevertheless, that's shocking to do that for a movie like this. So at least they kind of have the guts to, you know, go there and they don't really pull their punches. Now, some of the visual effects um, show that this really is an $81 million budget, which isn't a small budget by any means. But nevertheless, you realize there's some big stars in this movie that also need the paychecks and a myriad of other things. So the CGI in this isn't always great. It's not like a deal breaker for me or anything, but it is noticeable. 
Also, Mark Strong's accent comes in and out. Nobody that is affecting an accent can actually maintain their accent fully, or even Jackson can't even maintain his lisp the whole time. It's just kind of funny. Um, one of the things I did not like is when Eggsy is asked to shoot his dog, and he says, no, I won't do it, and he gives the gun back. That should have been the test, because a Kingsman should not harm the innocent. And of course, the gun was filled with blanks, the dog wouldn't have actually died, but nevertheless, the action remains the same, um, with a different outcome, of course. I, I don't like that whatsoever. The Kingsmen should not be harming innocent people or creatures, um, even if that is their orders, just do whatever, regardless of the orders. And that is a completely irrational act. So that uh, that didn't work for me in the movie. Um, I guess the other, one other thing that I should point out, I'm already delving into negatives here, but for positives, this is a much more fleshed out world than what the comic book betrays. Because in the comic book, it is a very, very succinct story. They're essentially the same story, but much more condensed with very little world building. This does build out the world in a much more intriguing way. Now, this Bond-esque henchman gazelle is actually a man in the comic book, the woman here. All of the Bond henchmen are somewhat underused, but very fascinating. This is kind of the same here. I would have liked maybe a little bit more backstory into Valentine and Gazelle, but there really isn't any whatsoever. Um, a little bit more for Valentine, but none for Gazelle. I believe in the comic book, Gazelle was a wounded ex-Kingsman or something, or part of the royal fighting forces that was implanted into Valentine's, you know, service or whatnot. So, nevertheless, it's a little bit more fleshed out in the comic, but not here. The one thing that I really couldn't go along with in this movie is when Harry Hart, which I think is a dumb name, um, his, his name is Jack London in the comic books, which is far better. He gives the little boy the medal um, that his, you know, when his father passes away in the beginning, he gives this little boy the medal and he says, call this number to the mom if you're ever in trouble and say Oxford's not brogues, something like that. This little boy was playing with toys. He wouldn't have remembered this whatsoever, nor would he have ever kept that medal around his neck um, and turned it into a chain. He would have lost that within the next 30 minutes of it being given to him. That is the most unrealistic conceit this movie asks us to go with. I find it so surprising. And in the book, it is his uncle, not his father's uh, workmate, not his father's companion at work. That's a big change. Uh, he's not related here in the movie. It also is pretty surprising that this mom who was married to a distinguished serviceman would go from a nice lifestyle to feeling like she's trash, I guess, and marrying an abusive guy. That seemed like a bit of a leap also. Um, whereas in the book, there never was a marriage. She always, they just grew up trashy, unfortunately. My biggest complaint with this movie i would say though is the runtime it's a little bit over two hours i don't think it needs to be it it feels too long it feels like there is just too much fat particularly towards the end that really needs to be trimmed because the ending action scenes are too long there is too much running back and forth it's kind of a claustrophobic environment it's not particularly exciting 
there's some okay action scenes. Some of it looks like a bad PlayStation 3 video game, unfortunately. But I think this movie is just too long. I, I do clock watch throughout this movie thinking, okay, let's pick it up. Let's keep moving on. Um, one of the things that I always found actually disturbing, but I know it seemed like a lot of people really liked it for some reason, is the massacre at the church sequence. Now, on a technical level, it is impeccably done. It looks incredible to have all of this fighting going on. But nevertheless, even if these people are wicked, I still don't want to just watch these people massacre them. Every, everybody, especially our, our hero. Why well, I don't want to watch our hero of the movie just take out these people in brutal fashion. Not to mention, I'm interested why they chose... A church. It seems like this movie is just kind of intent on offending everybody on, you know, climate change to, you know, overpopulation to religious sectors and whatnot. Nevertheless, this church is a, filled with a bunch of nutcases, but I still feel like using a church is just giving Christians a bad name in general. So I'm, I'm curious. This is not in the comic book. I'm curious why Vaughn wanted to choose a southern, you know, backwater church for the massacre scene. It's never sat right with me. Even if it wasn't a church, it still is. I find it to be highly disturbing. Actually, I don't find it to be fun to watch these people just brutally massacre each other. It's, it's incredibly violent. I will end on a high note, though, with this review. I do like the way these characters interact. I think there is some good on-screen chemistry between Eggsy and Roxy, I kind of was hoping a romance would spark up there. Really surprised there's really no romance within this. It just ends in a Bond fashion where Bond always beds the girl. This time it's a fairly graphic ending though, actually. And um, I, I do like how all these characters play together, work on screen together, and it does make me think they could improve this for a sequel. Kingsman The Secret Service is a fun enough modern day spy thriller featuring frenetic action and colorful characters. Unfortunately, I found it to be a little too long and little light on the intrigue stretched across the two-plus-hour runtime. It's a decent effort from Matthew Vaughn, so hopefully his next installment improves on this one's shortcomings. I debated about this, but considering I've seen it twice and likely will never watch it again, I'm giving Kingsman The Secret Service 5 stars out of 10, with a mild not recommend. Now, originally when I watched it at the end of 2017, I gave it a 7 out of 10. I gave it a recommend. I thought it was good. I liked it. I still did have issues with it, though, such as the runtime. I was feeling it even back then. I still think this movie really could be trimmed down. It could be a, a much tighter film, and maybe that would make it more enjoyable for me. So would I pick up or pass on this one? Well, if I hadn't already received it as a Christmas present, um, then I wouldn't be going out of my way to buy this one. I doubt I would add this to my collection. My other movie recommendation that I have for you after Kingsman, instead of watching it, I recommend you go watch John Wick. If you haven't checked out that first film or even that franchise at all, then you definitely need to. It is an incredible action film, a much better action film than this one. Well, the first one was popular enough to put a sequel into production pretty much right away, which came out just barely over two and a half years later. 
Well, listeners, the question after the show, am I missing something? Is Kingsman actually great? I know this has some pretty solid scores across the board. I know audiences straight out of the theater didn't love it. They thought it was fine. I'm kind of with them. I'm I'm just kind of thinking this one is just okay. So this this um either gives me hope or it gives me pause. I'm not sure which one to go with for the next installment because it has worse scores and I think it's even longer actually. And yeah, so the next one is two hours and 21 minutes. So they're gonna have to really justify that in my book with some very divisive um, I would even say mediocre scores across the board and um, it didn't even gross as much as the first one. So I'm, I'm, I'm honestly kind of worried listeners about this next one, um, but I'm going to go in with a positive attitude. I will be back next week reviewing it. I have never seen it. This will be my first time watching the film. So thank you listeners for coming along with me on my review of Kingsman, the secret service and make sure to subscribe. If you haven't already, make sure to share wherever you listen um, and make sure to leave me some five stars. That would be awesome. So um, yeah, make sure to come back and join me next Monday for Kingsman, the golden circle. Hey listeners, it's Corbin. Don't forget to check out the exciting links in the description below that will connect you with more great movie reviews for your listening pleasure and our YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter page. And of course, our official website where you can read great articles and sign up for our free weekly newsletter. Also, if you want exclusive bonus content such as extra movie reviews, movie commentaries, and our thoughts on the latest movie news and trailers, plus more, then check out our Patreon page. It's a great way to help keep this show free, and it gives you great content that's yours to keep. All of that and more is found in the description below. Don't forget to subscribe whether you're on YouTube, Apple, Google, or Stitcher, or your favorite podcast service. And while you're at it, please leave us a five-star review so other movie lovers can more easily find our podcast. We love talking about movies, and we love talking about them with you. So don't forget to share with your friends and family, and we'll see you next week, listeners. The Silver Screen Guide podcast is edited and produced by Alan and Corbin. Intro and outro music is created by Thomas Rankin. The thoughts and opinions herein expressed are those of the individual and do not necessarily represent those held by Silver Screen Guide. Silver Screen Guide is not affiliated with any company or individual involved with the creation of this movie or TV show. No portion of the podcast may be used without express written permission from Silver Screen Guide.